0: Like when you're a little kid and your parents or your role model is saying like, Hey, you should do what you love. And you're a little kid and you're like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. But then society also tells you, you need you to make money and you need to do things and you need to work your nine to five and you shouldn't look at your phone. And like there's societal norms, right? And those two things are conflicting by nature. And I think understanding that if you. Try and drive towards your happiness and not towards what society is telling you to do. You'll find alignment in a lot of different aspects of your life, whether it's your energy and your heart or other aspects of your life. Tyler, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked as you know.
1: There was, uh, there was, when I met you for the first time, there was such a sincerity and a, a thoughtfulness, and you're reading a book about community while building a community, and there was just such a sense of oh, this guy is really serious about what he's doing, and there was a real genuineness about you, and it all struck me in that moment when a, me, you, and Matt Choi had breakfast together. So thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm really honored and grateful.
0: I'm honored that you asked me. I've like I've been listening to yourself since, since we met, and you're profound. And you're very well connected with your mind, body, and soul, as we were talking about before we started recording, and I'm excited to dive into it. So
1: take me through your running journey. How did this begin? Because before it can impact people, it first has to impact you.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I started running post-college. When I was in college, I was not an athlete whatsoever. I was partying, having fun. In high school, I was doing all the team sports and I missed that outlet of having connection with friends around a shared goal. And in college, I didn't have that. And then once I started running, I was doing it solo and it was not fun at all. I was like, this is a chore. This reminds me of when the coach would blow the whistle and say, get on the line, let's do some sprints. And that wasn't fun at all. And I got got accepted into a Nike training program called Project Moonshot. And that is literally the basis of everything that we've ever done with endorphins. And it's just a group training program around the New York city marathon. And I made some of the best friends. I've still super well connected with these people and they're all from different walks of life. We have high school athletic directors, we have artists, we have engineers, we have doctors all in this group and we're all different ages and we became super, super tight. And I remember I was at work as an engineer at the time and I was looking forward to meeting up with these people. And over a 16 week training block, I didn't know these people. And then we shared this journey together and we became so connected. And now like they're lifelong friends and I can count on them at any point in time. And I think the difference between what I've experienced without running and with running is that you don't need to connect over drinking or other things. Like this is a shared thing and anyone can be part of it. And because you're doing hard things together with other people, you gonna super tight. And that's the whole base of endorphins. And my entire running journey is doing with other people and sharing that journey.
1: So sick. So a lot of people went through that program and they didn't say to themselves, I want to create my own. What made you
0: say that? I started training for an ultra marathon and I started posting videos on the internet about running. And I said, who wants to run with me? Because I was training. And after the program ended, I lost my outlet. I lost my ability to connect with other people around a shared interest. I fell back in this hole of I'm gonna go party with friends. I'm gonna go drink. I'm gonna do the things that, what society tells you is normal in New York City. I was doing that and I was like, wow, this huge piece of me is gone yet again. I need to start connecting with other people around the things I love because I was waking up at 5 a.m. on Saturday mornings and doing my long runs alone and that sucked. And I was saying it on Friday nights when all my other friends were going out and they're saying, Tyler, what are you doing? Why aren't you coming out partying with us? Like, that isn't me anymore. Like, I want to be doing things that progress myself in multiple different facets of life. And I miss that. So I needed to start connecting with other people around running. And I know you're starting to do that too now with the 7am four mile crew. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, that
1: was part of the reason why I wanted to bring you here. Because in the past year, you've built a run club that has transcended states now cities and you're you've really hit at the heart of human beings and now i have gone on a similar journey myself and i'm like i love running myself but i also love running with other people and so how do i help more people continue to express this in a group setting And, uh, who better to talk to than someone who's built the run club and built it out. One of the biggest, if not the biggest run club in America,
0: it might be, it might be, but it's hard to like justify numbers or like quantify things. But I have questions for you. You asked me about, like, what have you learned? You've been doing this for how long? And like, what are the things, what are the purposes? Like when you bring people together, I think one of the most important thing is having a purpose, like what's your purpose? Why are you doing it?
1: Yeah. I, my purpose is that I want to elevate the consciousness of humanity. And so everything that I do helps that mission in some capacity. Yes. It's like, if you're running, I just, I, it came from such an organic place, right? Where I was enjoying running. I was enjoying the day-to-day of it. And I was like, okay, I also enjoy running with a group. And then with the group, it was like, okay, wait, there are people, I can feel good with friends in nature. And I could do this at 7 a.m. in the morning. And I could, my day is made by 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Like I have the best day ever. like okay, why don't I just do that more? And now I'm like, well, I like doing it on Tuesday. Let me see if I could do it on Friday too. You know, and so I start thinking. And so by the way, if you're in Austin, Texas, Tuesday, 7 a.m., hit me up, DM me. But I want to ask you like, okay, in the early stages of endorphins, what is this like? What is going on? And how are you maximizing the experience to make sure the most people have the most fun and you do as well?
0: Great question. And I have the same question for you. So we're going to bounce back and forth here. When we started endorphins, the whole intention was creating a space for people to connect around a shared interest, what I was speaking to earlier. And I think we always made sure that we said at the beginning of the runs, the mission of endorphins is to spread positivity and happiness around movement and exercise. If you've been to one of our runs before, and you recognize someone that you don't know. Say what's up, it's cool to say what's up. Mm. And because we set our intention, and this speaks to some of the books that I've been reading about impact networks and community and just growing a nucleus of people and having the purpose of an event, like if you set your intention early for what you're doing, then everyone understands why they're there and it makes sure that the right energy is gravitating towards you. So I have this, like when you gather people, like why are you gathering them? Do you explain why people are there? Like I know that you can probably give a sermon and get people excited. <laughs> like, what are you saying to your people? I I honestly think about like what hits me in that morning,
1: you know, and how can I elevate my own consciousness in that moment to help and spread that message and let it flow through me. So in the the one that we did on Tuesday with Zach, it was like, all right, we have a friend here and we're like the power and the impact of friends and the ability to just someone that you're friends with for three years, they come here and then they bring more people. It's like that energy of like friendship, it was in me. And if I gave that uh. The week before, it wouldn't hit the same because it wasn't as true. You know, so like, I think about like, what's hitting you in that moment and how can I spread that? Um, And I think about that for the podcast as well. And that's why I told you before, I've stopped doing as much research because I want to be able to see what hits me in that moment because that moment is powerful. That moment is connected to God. That moment is connected to who you are. So if you are thinking, I need to cover this thing, but the person in front of you, their energy is not in that place. Sure. Then it's... And and so how do you think about that? Because um, it's it's such a structured thing. Endorphins is structured. It's like all right, these times and yeah. And
0: so like. We have structure, but it's controlled chaos. Like we understand there's ebbs and flows to life. We understand there's ebbs and flows to gatherings. Like, for example, when we're training for the New York City Marathon, we brought people on a 20 week journey. And every single Saturday morning, it was your routine to meet in Washington Square Park at eight in the morning and bang out miles with people, whether you knew them or not. Mm -hmm. Right. So we would say our mission of spreading positivity and happiness, we would say that the purpose is to connect with other people. But then we'd say, hey, today we're doing the Queensboro Bridge. It's mile 16 of the marathon. It's the hardest thing that you could do during the race. Like, once you get through that elevation, you're gonna be clear sailing for the last 10 miles. Like, let's be really intentional about that moment of today's experience. So, we contextualize it. And I think that's really important. That speaks to you mentioning Ben Sharp's there or mentioning that Zach Froga's there, right? Like, there's definitely a method to the madness, but I think being really intentional about your purpose every single time. And like, I think right now, if we called any endorphins member on the phone that comes to the New York City runs, and ask them what the mission of Endorphins is, they would know it and they would repeat it, regurgitate it immediately. Wow. Yeah, and I think being really intentional about that is important when you gather, whether it's a knitting club, a running club, a social event, whether it's a dinner, you bring five people, you set the intention early. I think it's the most important thing you do with any gathering.
1: That's very fascinating. When I talked to Ben Sharf before this, he said, your superpower is your ability for people to feel like they know you and connect with you even if you're not physically there. And I was like, "Whoa, I've never heard that be a superpower before.
0: What makes that be your superpower? And how are you able to do that? That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that is my superpower, but I like, also, I think that is a superpower and I wasn't reflective enough on that skill of mine. I think being genuine. And like, we spoke about this before we were rolling that like, it's about being genuine and being something relatable with people, right? Hey, I understand what you're going through. Like, I'm excited to share this experience with you and say that to every single person, uh, whether it's those words or a different way of connecting. But I think showing people that you're there and being genuine and that you're just like them is the most important thing. And you can do that through a camera today, whether it's posting on TikTok or Instagram, or you can do that one-on-one. And if you give people exactly who you are whether it's the person behind the cash register or your server or a friend sitting on the couch when recording a podcast people can feel that and i think that speaks to energy and i know we can go deep there of just like understanding what energy you put into the world will be sent back to you and that's the basis of endorphins too like we don't tell people to come mm. i really don't like the idea of being like yo you should come a lot of my friends from life have not been to an endorphins experience because i have never asked them to come. But if they needed it, if they wanted to be there, they would be. And I think that also speaks to why we don't like to collaborate with some of the big brands sometimes. We don't like to bring our experience into someone else's world because we can't control that experience, right? But we know that if we have people coming for the right reasons, we can control that experience, whether it's 10 people or a thousand people. And that's the power of what we're doing, I think.
1: How do you figure out which collaborations to take?
0: That's a really good question. And we can go really, really deep here. I think stability is a huge uh, thing top of mind for endorphins right now is like, we have a, a group in Austin and they're awesome and they're super consistent. And I think in different markets, there's different ways to bring people into our world. And every local culture is different. And Vicki and I are going around on a tour right now to all of our endorphin cities, checking in with them. And we're learning so much about the local cultures. So it's hard to say, a collaboration in Austin would be the same uh, benefit to Boston or New York and the groups are have different dynamics and different people and different leaders and being genuine with those people and understanding who they are, and what the city is like, you have to tap into it. And we listen to the leaders of our group, the whole entire basis of endorphins and it it's community led and we listen. I'm a software engineer. Before we code anything, you ask the user what you want built and then you make it happen. Same thing with endorphins. It'd be silly for me to say a Nike collaboration makes sense in Austin without listening to Mike zako who's or Michaela Bassi, who are our leaders here without tapping into them first. So it's a hard to it's a really hard question to answer. What collaborations make sense?
1: Which collaborations have you done already in New York that you're like, this makes sense and We go forward with this. What makes for an an absolute yes?
0: Yeah. So here's a collaboration that we did in five cities the past couple of weeks. Um, It's with Outdoor Voices, a global brand. Their whole thing is about how endorphins make you happy. So there's one thing and like our brand is totally aligned with theirs, but also it was an opportunity for five cities to host a retail run out of their storefronts and our leaders got to lead that experience and despite being in different places we all ran at the same time and ran a turkey trot together and all of our leaders got to benefit from that because they had a platform they got to speak in front of Thousands of people across the country and preach the mission of not only outdoor voices, but endorphins. And then they received discounts to product and they received gear. And that was like a no brainer. And then we made media about the experience and it was awesome. And it was super connected. And I hate the idea of doing one off collaborations. I love the like continuity across all of our chapters. We're in nine cities. And if we could do a partnership that touched all nine of our endorphins chapters, that's true integration and true continuity. And that one made perfect sense because they were in five of our cities. And that's hard to find, but that was a really cool one. Wow.
1: Yeah. That, that sounds cool. And the, being in nine cities or being having nine chapters of endorphins when just last year,
0: it was like just an idea. It wasn't even an idea. It was something that I didn't really want to do. Wow. I think it was a personal calling. I think it was something that was speaking to me that like I feel And we've talked about this in the past too, about aligning your energy and heart that's deeply connected to why I'm doing this. And I think why endorphins is existing today. Like this is my personal calling to bring people together. And I think that's my superpower.
1: Your personal calling. Yeah. How does someone get closer to understanding their own personal calling?
0: I think you have to be really, really connected to who you are and your identity. And it's really difficult. And I know you're someone that's super connected to your soul and your being, I journal every single day. I've been bad on this trip. I've missed a few days. We've been grinding. We're at the conference and we're meeting a lot of people. And we had an issue with our app the other day where it sent a message out to a thousand people. So I'm on the app responding to everyone. But I think you have to be really, really self-connected to who you are and your being in order to understand how to align your energy with your heart. And for me, before I was doing endorphins, I was in finance. And before that, I was an engineer and I was doing things that I was spending all of my energy. I was spending energy. I wasn't receiving energy, right? And it wasn't connected to my passion, which was running. And once I connected the two and allowed myself to connect other people, which I think is my true, like my true superpower, I feel like I had my personal calling to bring people together around the shared sport and shared interests. And it's amazing.
1: What if someone says to themselves, I don't feel like I have a personal interest. I don't, I don't think I have something that lights up my soul. I don't think I have that.
0: That's a great, great question. And I don't have the answer, but what I can say is society tells us that we should do what we love. That's what society says. Like when you're a little kid and your parents or your role model is saying like, Hey, you should do what you love. And you're a little kid and you're like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. But then society also tells you you need to make money. And you need to do things and you need to work your nine to five and you shouldn't look at your phone and like there's societal norms, right? And those two things are conflicting by nature. And I think understanding that if you try and drive towards your happiness and not towards what society is telling you to do, you'll find alignment in a lot of different aspects of your life, whether it's your energy and your heart or other aspects of your life. So it's really difficult to identify that. And I spent so much time in my life trying to build a business or trying to help support other businesses. And I tried to build the construction credit card business, the technology business, and I had no passion for construction. When was that? This was a few years before I started endorphins. And it was great because it led me on my journey and I learned so many foundational skills. I was coding, I was meeting with investors. It was a really awesome experience, but I don't have any passion for construction. I would have been putting all my energy into something that would have been like I was spending my energy. And now I wake up every single day and I'm working around the clock, but it doesn't feel like work. And that's that alignment, right? So that's my personal calling.
1: Yeah. And how do you what what's the state of mission of endorphins?
0: The mission of endorphins spread positivity and happiness through movement and exercise. There's a lot of intentionality in those words. And we spent a lot of time workshopping that. And like I live it and breathe it, which is also a cool thing because that's that's my personal calling. Yeah. Spread positivity and happiness through movement and exercise.
1: Yeah. So what do you do then when you get injured? And you can't through movement. You can't find positivity and happiness through movement.
0: You know, someone else asked me this earlier today. um, And at first I was confused. I didn't know what to do. you got injured. I got injured. So for context, I ran 14 marathons the first half this year. And I was posting them about about them on TikTok. And I think that was one of the basis of why endorphins grew um, in the early days. And now I don't really post much running content on the internet because I can't run, but I realize you can spread positivity and happiness without being able to run. It's movement and exercise. (laughs) It's not running, Uh right? And that's part of the intentionality behind the mission statement is it's bigger than, running like what Vicky and I like to say, and all the team members that are city leads and ambassadors of endorphins is more than a feeling. It's more than a good feeling after a run. I understand that running is a vehicle, but I understand that the mission is connecting people mm. and we're in a world right now where people are stuck in their apartments. They're stuck on their phones. They're working from home. We have depression and anxiety rates through the roof. We have loneliness metrics that we can index that show that people have less friends. Yeah. We're the new age bar. We're the new way for people to connect. And if you speak back to, or think back to what I was talking about, about college, like that was friendship based off proximity, not friendship based off of interest. And now we're able to connect people like high school teachers and artists and creatives and engineers and people in finance, all different walks of life, but they have a shared common bond. They have a single thread. And when you can put those people together, that's the mission. And yeah, I love it. It makes you so happy. And I live it. I get to live it.
1: What makes it different than any other run
0: club? Yeah, I spent a lot of time thinking about this too. Inherently, it's the same. I would say that we're so connected to our mission and that we, everyone says they want to be an inclusive run club. Everyone wants to create an inclusive experience. You know, you're doing it. Like we're so intentional and I've said it maybe four times now, like we preach the mission, we live the mission, and then we also actually create an inclusive space where people feel welcome and we say we don't say this is about making friends. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, it wouldn't f- feel cool or wouldn't have, like, the, that. it wouldn't, it would feel lame, lack of better words. Mm-hmm. Um, we say, if you've been here and you don't recognize someone, say what's up. And then because people have been there before, and they've heard me say that, they understand that it's cool to say what's up. And then when you're new, you feel like you're welcomed. And then those people become seasoned members and they understand that it's cool. And then we just kind of have this virtuous cycle of people connecting. And you know, people might come for one experience, but it's a positive experience. And then our Instagram gets tagged at the Yankees game, eating a hot dog with someone people are connecting virtually too, which speaks to Ben Sharif as well. Like people are connecting in our virtual community, never meet at an endorphins run, but they meet in our platform and they hang out. And it's crazy. And that's my impact. That's like my most fulfilling driver when I see people connecting. And I want to ask you this too. Like, how does it feel when you have your experiences that you put on, you see people connecting after? What does that feel like for you?
1: I mean, it's so cool because you realize that two people who never would have met now met because of you. Yes. And they're grabbing coffee and they're they're building their own world. Like when two people interact with each other, that is a world in and of itself. Yes. And when you see so many of those different worlds interact and build, it's like wow, you are you are the world builder in the sense and you are the one in charge of making sure that's a good experience for people. And so for like the first few ones that I did, I was like, I don't want to put the location out because I want to vet the people who are coming in to make sure it's a good experience, you know, and I, I want to make sure that if I'm, if someone's coming to this, it's, I say like this person should come. And I, every person that asked for the address, I, I gave it to, but I was like, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah.
0: And you know, you're know, you speaking about bringing people together and that, I think that's my superpower. Yeah. What I'm now realizing is we have, I wish I could, could we use a whiteboard and like draw what uh-huh. this diagram uh-huh. is? We've talked uh-huh. about this before too. I think of endorphins as a big circle. And I think of um, the leadership in the center as a small little circle. And then you have... M- other circles as our cities. And inside of those cities, you have little lines coming out. And each one of those little lines is a different member. And all the people in those circles are then connected. And you have a bunch of lines connecting each other. But then what's the craziest part, what you're speaking to is all of the city circles are then connected and we have race weekends. We just had the New York city marathon. It's like the biggest, it's a Mecca of all races. And we had people from all across the country that are in our chapters come together at a race weekend Wow, and they connect. And it's like a connection fiesta. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to be at the London Marathon too next year. And then they stay connected and they meet once. But because they're all bought into the mission of what we're doing, when they see someone wearing one of our hats or one of our shirts at an expo, they go up to each other and say, hey, what's up? Like what other brand? Nike, if someone's wearing a Nike shirt, are you gonna go out to them and be like, hey, you, you're you wearing Nike too? No way, because it's just something people believe in and we're creating a deep connection with people. So that's how I would kind of visualize what we're doing and what you're speaking to, too, of this connection. It's a connection, Fiesta, and you're, you're at the center of it, right? You yeah. get to bring these worlds together. And it's so crazy. It's hard to fathom. It's hard to understand. But I think now that we've been doing it for just about a year, like we're starting to really be able to understand and visualize it and feel it. Yeah, what does the practicality look like of the connections? The practicality? Yeah. Reword that, rephrase that. Like, yeah. I, I wanna be really intentional with my response, but like, what do you mean?
1: Like, how does somebody actually create the, the vehicles where you have people in different cities to connect? Like, is it through a group chat? Is it through uh, like a Facebook group? Like what, that's what I meant by
0: it, Yeah, I, I would say we have um, three verticals of connection. Um, one is media. You get to be seen in content and we're posting content constantly. And Vicky, who's here, can we turn the camera on Vicky? Um, Vicky's
1: been mentioned a lot. I yeah. feel like we should we should, uh, yeah, talk about in. Vicky.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. Um, we have content that's being produced at a high scale. Um, a lot of media being put out about our different chapters. It's a connection point because it's education and people see themselves in the content. But then, for example, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen, like felt as endorphins leader is... Our DC group started doing ice cream runs. Mm. Simple, right? We're going to go for a run. Instead of going to the bar, we want to grab ice cream. Then our Boston group said wait, they're doing that? We want to go for ice cream. And now we have global ice cream runs, whatever the hell that means. We have like everyone in all of our cities go get ice cream, right? That's a point of connection. You feel like connected virtually. Maybe that's speaking to Ben Sharp. Maybe it's something I didn't realize. Maybe it is an awesome thing, a superpower of virtual connection, right? But then we also have a forum uh, that almost acts like Reddit for running. You need to be on there for your own personal running journey because there's access to coaches for free, Hmm. access to physical therapists for free, access to like serious ultra runner for free and it's a forum and people connect about running q a's strength coaching like whatever you want you can post it and i guarantee you we post something now we're done with this podcast you have five answers
1: this is an endorphin specific yeah, running it's on Reddit? our
0: our website yeah we've uh, partnered with a uh, another service to pr- like um, a community provider to to build this community Yeah, virtually. So it's a virtual connection. So the first one's media online. And then the second thing is virtual, where actually people, nodes of that network, if we could draw that diagram or visualize it, we have all these different like dots. They're all able to connect again, virtually. Like someone can see in their uh, their profile that they're from Austin, and then they can see someone that's in DC, and they can be talking about the same ultra marathon that they're running together. And they've never met. Wow. Virtual and, connection.
1: And everyone has to set up their own profile?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an account. Um, or you don't need an account to see what's going on, but if you want to interact with other people, you need to make an account, it's super simple. It's like any website or any app. Um, so and that, it's hosted on your website? Yeah, it's called Circle. It's a community platform, but then it's a white labeled like It's on our domain name. Um, and so that's virtual connection. Mm-hmm. But then the craziest thing is, what brands or businesses or groups then meet in person? Yes, And that just amplifies, it puts fuel on the fire in terms of what the connection can actually provide because you can put a face to a name, right? Like everyone's used to media. Everyone sees like your videos and they feel connected to you to some extent. And then you might be able to connect on Instagram, DMs or whatever, and have a virtual connection. But then when you can meet in person, like I said in an email today, I'm an in-person person. Let's book a train and I'll meet you in person and we'll grab coffee. Like that means the world to me as an individual. And I think it does. And that's a lost art in today's age because we're on Zoom and whatnot. But then people meet up in person. And that just like, is a whole Fiesta in itself of people feeling like they're super connected and then they leave, but then they see each other in the content. And yeah. they're like, hey, there's Vicky in Boston. Like I know her or, hey, like, I just saw you post this question about this race. I'm really gonna be there too. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I can't wait to see you at the ShakeOut Run. And then we bring all these people together and it's a connection. I've said Fiesta a few times, a connection explosion. Yes, And people feel like they're super, super connected to endorphins because of these connections.
1: What about in-person meetings feel so much better than virtual ones?
0: you get to know someone for who they are and you can see their mannerisms and how they actually, I think there's an aura around people. You can see people smile without them smiling. You can feel it, right? We we speak about energy, you and I, a lot. Like you can feel someone's energy immediately. You can say like that person's the vibe or they didn't pass the vibe check in Gen <laughs> Z terms, right? Like you can tell and you can't really suss that out without meeting the person in person. So I love to like be genuine with people because I think, That's one of the skills that you and I have and others have, and being able to be genuine with people and relate to people and be vulnerable with people is hard to do in a virtual capacity. So I love being in a person. That's our endorphin superpower. We meet in person all across the country, 25 events a week for opportunities for connection.
1: And the other thing about it is it's shared suffering. Whenever you share suffering with someone, you feel more connected to them.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, your marathon training, and we're gonna dive into that for sure, right? Like you go through hard things and you share that hardship with someone else, like you feel um, a bond without a doubt. like one of the early days of endorphins, we hosted a 30-mile run. Hop in.
1: 30-mile run. Yeah,
0: 30-mile run. We called it the Endorphins 30. We all met up in Washington Square Park and we ran for 30 miles, but we shared our live location with the world. Anyone could hop in for one mile, anyone could hop in for 30 miles. Most people, because they were with the group, I've heard, 10 plus people say, it's the longest I've ever run. And I would have never done it had I not had the power of the group. And now these people have moved to other cities. I have a specific example in my head of a girl named Erica. She ran 17 miles that day, never had run like that before. What? That was in March. And we just hung out with her in Philly and she ran the Philly marathon last weekend or two weekends ago. And she had people to her house that were also at that day, at that 30 mile run, never had met before, and now, 9 months later they're hanging out and running marathons together. That speaks to that's like a great example of what the power of what we're doing is. People coming together leaving to different cities and then still feeling super connected because of that shared suffering. Wow, crazy.
1: Yeah, that's so cool, man. And <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it it really is. And the fact that you know, I'm sure many people in there have never they they didn't start running and then now they are running because of the community speaks i've seen that with my own run club where it's like the only reason they're running is for the community and now they're getting in better shape and now they're improving their life and now their every moment is infused with a little more
0: love you said before we started it's been the best few months of your life do you, would you attribute running into that at all absolutely yeah that that definitely plays a a role and a factor in it I think that speaks to everything that you're doing as well, because you're creating that space for other people to better their lives. And you're like a true impactor for these people beyond just the community itself, you're providing well-being for people. And like when you can be an outlet for that, it's extremely powerful, extremely powerful. You can change people's lives, truly.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure there are people listening to this who wanna start their own communities in some way. You've basically done it better than anyone has done it. It seems like in a one year timeframe of going from zero to nine chapters while you've had people fly from Austin to New York, from New York city to Austin. Like they got on a plane, they just to support the Austin chapter, like people are, they love it. And that is something special. So you have a superpower in that. And so you can write the playbook, I feel on the first year of expanding a community.
0: Yeah, What should
1: people be thinking about if they are in the, the small group of people who is building a community and wants to expand it.
0: I've already said it. It's about being intentional about your purpose and why you're there and just sticking true to that. Like, again, like our intention was to create a space for people to connect around a shared interest and spread positivity and happiness through movement and exercise. Every single decision that we make is deeply rooted in those two things. And because of that, It's impacted people and it's carried And you know, it's funny. You said like I created, like, I really truly think we created this. Like, I don't feel like this is something that I personally created because like without everyone in the community saying, Hey, my name's Danny and I'm training for this race, like this wouldn't exist. Right. And we have all these nodes in this network creating this really powerful supernova of an effect on people, a halo effect. And without all the members of the community, it wouldn't exist, but now We have people that are meeting at our experience saying, are you going to be at the Austin run? We just are coming from LA. We're at the LA kickoff run in Venice. And it was amazing. And we had people from DC come in. We had people from Chicago come in. We had people from New York City come in. And they all connected. And they all met at New York City Marathon or the Philly Marathon. And they're like, oh, I'll see you at the, I should go visit my friends in LA anyway, right? It was a destination. And I really think it was a we thing, not an I thing. Love that. How many people are in the endorphins network at this point. Just about 10,000. And we've noticed that it's quickly, like I mentioned this earlier, I was posting videos about running on the internet. I'm not posting that much anymore. And like people are finding out about this because of either the content that we're producing as a brand, which we weren't doing up until maybe three months ago, Hmm. and also mainly via word of mouth you know, you felt this, you have the best day ever. You go for a run early in the morning. You, you might not be able to relate to this, but someone goes to their desk at their nine to five job and they're buzzing. Yeah, They're feeling amazing. And they go to the water cooler and, or grab coffee with one of their colleagues. And they go, what's up with you? Why are you feeling so good? Like, what's up? Like, why, well, why are you like vibing so hard? I went to this run and like, I met five new people that also like to run and none of you guys like to run like i finally found my people right and then one of the people in the office would be like hey i actually like to run too maybe i'll check it out and it's a lot of word of mouth and that's been our growth and it's been crazy so it's a lot of word of mouth
1: and what do you think the biggest uh driver is of new people
0: other than word of mouth i think it's word of mouth it's truly it um other than that, if I had to index on that, I would be the media that we're producing mm. um, because I think the, the social algorithms are really indexing right now on things that promote well-being and also promote, like, happiness. And, like, I think all the platforms are under scrutiny right now for the negative side effects of social media. So I, I feel like a lot of social influencers that are posting wellness-oriented content that can better people or improve people's lives are being promoted on feeds right now. So, like, we, we make... We have 25 events a week, 20 to 25 events. Like we can make content about each one of those based off the like media side of the house that we've built. Like the feeds are promoting it um, from the brand side and from the personal side. So I'd say the content's other way people find out about us.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. What was the moment you yourself felt the least amount of happiness since starting this?
0: That's a really good question. It's a really, really good question. I feel, really, really in an interesting spot right now, considering I just had surgery 10 weeks ago and I haven't been able to run. Um, and I would say like, while I didn't feel happiness in moments during that time, I also had more reassurance than ever that what we're doing is the right thing for this world. For example, Chicago marathon is one of our marquee moments in the year for anyone that likes to run marathons or run races, or we have a huge chapter there. It's one of our largest cities. And we also had about 150 people in endorphins racing the Chicago Marathon. Think about that. 150 people representing endorphins at the Chicago Marathon. And I had back surgery 12 days before. And I'm like, on my, what feels like my deathbed, right? I'm like, I'm immobile, I can't move, I can't do anything. And like, I'm super unhappy. Like, I can't believe I let this get to this point where I like ran my body and my life into the ground, what felt like, right? But then like, I turned my TV off. I turned connection of all social media off. I like had a no phone day cause I didn't wanna be, have so much FOMO. And then I realized it all worked. Mm. Every activation that we put away, we had three activations that weekend, it all happened. And I wasn't there. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, this is actually something that can scale beyond just like, I don't have to be at these activations. We have three runs happening today.
1: It w- There was a feeling from you that every, everything
0: that went on with the community, you had to be there for. Yeah, so like, that's why I think it's a hard question because I felt so much unhappiness with myself, but I felt so much happiness and reassurance with endorphins. So it was like this weird juxtaposition of personal unhappiness, but like endorphins, like never been happier moment. Um, And I think when you asked me, you asked me my personal happiness, right? But like at the same time, I had so much reassurance in that what we were doing is like, it's community led. Like if it was about me, I would have to be there or else it wouldn't work. Right, but because we have these people all connected with each other, and we have other leaders that we can promote and elevate within our platform, it, it happened, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is really crazy!" Like we're hosting this many event, so it was like a weird. I was personally unhappy with myself, but super happy at the same time.
1: Sounds like a parent almost. You know, I think parents must deal with that a lot, where they're not feeling happy in a given moment, but their child is succeeding. It's like what, what, what gets higher? What's priority? And it's like. That's an interesting thing to deal with as there are more people dependent on you and more people have more feelings that you care about and love.
0: Yeah, it is. But I wouldn't say anyone's dependent on me and endorphins. And that was like that moment where I realized that. Right. Like I actually don't need to be there for it to work. Right. And that was when like, I was like, oh my God, this is like really, really powerful. I just had back surgery. I can't even be there and it's happening. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was cool.
1: And then take me through Vicky. You guys came together and- we met on the internet.
0: Really? Yeah. Um, Vicky is like our secret weapon. And then we have a secret weapon, which is a phone charger. It's like a portable phone charger. <laughs> like we need it at all time. We say, Vicky, do you have the secret weapon? My phone's going to die. Oh. Um, Vicky and I met through TikTok, um, which is like my main creative outlet was, I guess, uh, where I was posting a lot of the running content. And people said to Vicky, you need to run with Tyler and endorphins. And... We met up in March and I was training for the 50 mile race and endorphins was in its infancy. We had like 12 people coming to the runs and we were just every Monday morning, we're gonna do this. And um, Vicky showed up every week and we've developed a relationship. And like, I think that speaks to one of those things where when the right energies align, like amazing things can happen because we didn't know each other Vicky could have been told to come and never come back, but she kept coming back and she made friends within the group and then became one of like the leaders within the group. And then actually we're sitting in Matt Choi's house. It's Austin, Texas. Vicky's one of the crazies that flew from New York to Austin Love for, that. um, for the Austin endorphins kickoff run. And Vicky had, um, mentioned she wants to be more involved with endorphins. And she was already super, super involved with the group as it was, but like wanted a more leadership capacity. And we didn't really have many other like New York city leaders at that time. It was really me and two other people that had just stepped up and say, I want to host a run. Um, and Vicky was like, I can help with like the content here. Like I, Vicky makes a ton of running content. We've been going around from place to place and people have been pulling Vicky aside and being like, Oh my God, it's Vicky Conroy here. You're kidding me. Like I've been following you since the pandemic. And like, so it's crazy, but. Um, we met at Matt Choi's house. Matt Choi super deeply connected to endorphins in a lot of different ways, like super, super emotionally attached um, as a friend and then also with endorphins story. But we're sitting there and Vicky breaks out a notion board of this is what's going to happen this week. I'm like, you have the keys to the car. (laughs) Um, and we developed a content process where we have we're basically building out endorphins is a media agency. Like, that's the business structure of it. We know that if we can create content at scale, like we'll be able to partner with brands and create some sort of content. Um, it's still being baked out. Like, we don't have any like true brand collaborations at scale right now, but we're hoping to find some, and that's why we're at TRE right now. But Vicky made the whole content calendar, and then we hired a video editor. And basically what we do is Uh, We knew that the hardest thing about creating content was the time commitment it takes to create the media, as I'm sure you can relate to as well. So we found a team um, or building a team that basically allows our ambassadors to know what type of content they need to produce. Vicky basically is a social strategist behind that. And then she passes that content off to an editor and then directs the cuts of the content that posts in our feed. Um, And that's the like initial relationship developed, uh, between Vicky and I. And now Vicky, when I had back surgery, flew out to Seattle to make sure that the group is running. And now is like a business partner in the sense that like, we're doing everything. Like Vicky and I are going to five cities this week to connect with our leaders and hang out with them and continue building endorphins and making sure that we're like still promoting positivity and happiness across the U S. <laughs> so that's Vicky and I.
1: Yeah. Uh, the reason why I ask is because there are a lot of people who want to work with their favorite group or their favorite creator, or their favorite brand. Yeah. And Vicky has found a way to be in the room while this interview is happening, which means she's done something to
0: like build herself into the endorphins world. Okay. It, when it, when I'm gonna cut you off, please. Before we're coming here, uh, Vicky said, "Like, are you sure it's cool that I come?" I say, "If you are not allowed in that room." we are not doing it. (laughs) And that speaks to anything that we do. Um, and I think one of the most beautiful things about our relationship as like friends and business, business partners is that, um, we have each other's back, but we also developed a working relationship over time. It wasn't like I'm coming from like a serious operator background from like being in startups and being in venture and like, Typically, when you make a hire and also we talk about HR a ton, we're in the people management business or people Mm -hmm. hospitality business, we talk about people all the time and like our ambassadors, like we had the luxury of building a working relationship and a friendship over time. Whereas like when you hire someone, you have no idea if it's going to work, right? You have like three, four or five interviews. You might take them out to coffee. You might feel somewhat assurance, but then you have to like with Vicky and I, we had such a working relationship as it was that I was like, okay this is so easy for us. Like, and it, we gradually work towards it as opposed to like having to go out and find someone to run our content and then them not being it like Vicky's energy and heart are aligned with endorphins too. And then it made it super easy to identify. It was like energies connecting and being perfect.
1: Yeah. So what's the advice to somebody who wants to work with their favorite brand or group or.
0: So I'll, I'll, I'll think from the corporate side, then I'll speak from the creator side, from the corporate side, I would say, um, reach out to a business that you're interested in working for. Like this advice would be to someone maybe in college that's looking to work with a company that they're super stoked about and prove value without asking for anything return. Like endorphins is a business, but it isn't at the same time. Like it's a business because we have to somehow figure out how we're going to like continue to spread positivity and happiness through movement and exercise. I'm going to keep hammering home, but like, Vicky was doing this out of the greatness of her heart, right. right? Because she believed in it that much. If there's something out there that you believe in so much that it doesn't feel like work, like I said, this doesn't feel like work. This is what I love to do. If you can find something like that, and maybe this is the advice I should have gave a few minutes ago, is put some energy into it. And show people that it's where your energy really lies and where your passion lies, and show them that intersection between your heart and your energy. And people will notice that, especially if you can get in the room with them and show how passionate you are. Right, and that speaks to a creative maybe who wants to work with an influencer or a creator. Um, if you can pick up a camera and you be like, "Hey, I'll meet you at the track and I'll film for you," or "Hey, like that's really cool." Like I see you're starting a apparel brand, like. Uh, do you want me to take product pictures for you? Like just show that you're actually really interested in it and prove that you're really interested in it. Show that you're genuinely really pumped about it. And I think that's a really good way. And I think that's how Vicky and I developed our relationship too. Was like, Vicky was doing it because she loved it. And now we're here. Yeah. It's crazy. It's
1: so cool. And do you I, have any people that have, like you've worked with like that? Video King Pablo. Shout Let's out go. Video King Pablo. Let's go, Pablo. I mean, I've told this story on the podcast before, but he he would create a clip every day from the podcast with no expectations or anything with me, And after he did this for a month and they were really good, I said, I got to get this guy on board and help. I got to help him. He has to help me, continue to help me. And when you know the passion of the person is in the place of, I believe in this, it leads to um, just the best relationships and the most pure. Because Video King Pablo is not doing it for a paycheck, right? And I'm not doing this podcast for a paycheck. I'm doing this podcast because I love learning about people and I love having the the diaries, right? And he's doing it because he loves video editing. He loves the podcast. So it, it all molds together in the perfect way, it seems like, when your heart
0: is in the right place. It always comes back to your heart, man. It really does.
1: Yeah. Where are you learning the most these days?
0: Oh, man, I'm inspired by so many different things right now, Um, mainly through um, mediums via the Internet, but I'm also inspired by different local people. So like when we go to L.A., I'm talking to other running leaders and meeting with them. And like we're talking about the thing that we love, but like we'll pick up small things about like how they're going about connecting people. Um, I'm reading a little bit. I could be reading a lot more right now, but uh, through travel, I haven't been uh, consistent with it, but like I'm reading different things about how people are connecting others Um, and then Through media, like just seeing how people are interacting on the internet is like definitely been. I've taken note of everything. Um, And I'm following other running organizations, other leaders. And then I'm also looking at people not in the running space at all. Like, I think one of the truest forms of inspiration can come from things that don't necessarily um, have anything to do with what you're doing. And if you can pull from a different industry or a different market or a different thing that, you can take from, like a knitting club, right? Mm -hmm. Or like people bring people together. Um, Tejas, who I know has been on this pod too, um, and Colt do like creator walks.
1: Oh, they do creator walks? Yeah, Yeah. they hang out, right?
0: And it's cool and has nothing to do with running, but it's a meetup and it's a gathering. And I'm seeing how they're putting it together. I'm seeing what like ways they're communicating their meetups to other people and like, if they're setting their intention and how they're setting their intention and then what's happening with the relationships after. And Tejas is like one of my closest friends at this point. Like we've connected really, really well. Um, and now he started running and um, he was one of the first endorphins athletes. We got him a bib for the New York city marathon. Um, and now he's hooked on running too. So you got to talk to him about running. You guys will obviously vibe out on that, but like pulling from a lot of different places, whether they're running or not, and just trying to take one or two things and apply it to what we're doing.
1: With endorphins athletes, quote unquote, are there any actual endorphins no, athletes? No, 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 no. Um, what would that look like?
0: You know, members of our community are doing crazy things. Like crazy things. For example, like I consider Matt Choi a member of our community. He's not an endorphins athlete by any means. He's a Adidas, Nike, like he's an athlete. He's a, like a very credible, like he just ran the full length of Korea. Wild, right? like we wild have, man. We have a, a guy, his name's Paul Johnson, you, this is someone that need, is an auto bid for this pod. Like auto bid, he needs to be here. He is training right now. He's in the Navy. He's training to run across the country. People have done it. 400 people. So 400 not many, total
1: people in the but world.
0: he's training to do it the fastest ever. Wow. 75 miles a day. Wow. He came to the Marine Corps marathon and hung out with endorphins members and like caught the vibe of what we're doing. And he lives in Newport, Rhode Island. He's not in a city that endorphins hat, but he's now been connected to Rob Perez, who's another person that just ran 300 miles in from uh, all across Chile or those 240. How? I don't know how 300 miles. Right. And like he was wearing an endorphins hat. Wow. He's not an endorphins athlete. He's a bandit athlete. He's like a true like running athlete, (laughs) but like he's where like he identifies with what we're doing. Paul, same thing. He's not an endorphin city, but met Rob, met Rob Dalto, who another ASICS athlete. And he comes to all of our events. He ran all six world majors marathons this year. He wore the endorphins hat through the New York city marathon, right? Like Paul back to Paul, he has, did not live in any of these cities. He connected with our people and feels that that emotional connection. Now they're helping and they're probably chatting all the time. And I'm hearing stories of people chatting and I'm like, are hey, you two are still, that's crazy. And he wants to wear endorphins gear the entire way across the country. Why? I think he's emotionally connected to what we're doing. And he's also felt the impact of um, what we've not only done for him in a really short amount of time. We've known him for about a month now, um, but also felt the impact from Rob Perez, who's helping him with his media kit. And Rob Dalto, who's like, another person that should probably be on this. He's, (laughs) he's building gels. Rob Dalto has also become one of my best friends. This is something we'll have to dive into too. Rob Dalto has become one of my best friends. We met an endorphins event in Tokyo. We didn't know each other. And like, I felt the benefit of my community because Rob and I are now best friends, right? Like I actually felt the benefit of it. And Paul and Rob are probably talking about nutrition across the country, right? Rob and I met in Tokyo. Um, three weeks later, we found ourselves in Colorado together, sleeping in a cot in this small little town called Antonito, 600 person town, meeting up with someone that we met on the internet that was running across the country. And we ran 35 miles with that individual t- that day and at elevation. And Rob and I didn't know each other three weeks prior. And now we're best friends. Like crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So Paul Johnson, endorphin athlete, maybe, probably not because we can't pay him anything. <laughs> but I think that's a, like, they feel the impact of the connections. That's an endorphins athlete. It's a member. It's anyone in our community. Yeah. What
1: What I sense from you is, is just like a, a true love for human beings. How can someone go about
0: building that love for human beings themselves? I want to first unpack that a little, like a yeah. true love for human beings. Um, like I see the way you talk about all of these people
1: that you love. Yeah. And you're just like... This person's amazing. My friend's awesome. My friend's <laughs> incredible. My fr- like, and I think the point of life is almost to get to the point where you can just like everyone who's around you in life. You're so excited to talk about and share. That's how I am with this podcast. Uh, well, like, I know. That's I love sports, you, Matt <laughs> Troy. Oh my god, this person, that part. Like, I'm literally so excited about these people. And so, like, how do you get to the point? I guess the better question would be, how do you get to the point where the people in your life you're so excited to talk about to other people? Because think about how the majority of people talk about the people and they're like, oh, this person at the water cooler, I can't believe they said this or that. like, wow, like Becky's getting a divorce, you know?
0: Let's let's think about connection. Like how are two people connected? Like for example, my college friends, love them to death, love them to death. We're not uh, emotionally connected like we were once before. And that's because we don't have a lot of the same interests anymore. Like some of my best friends growing up will not listen to this podcast. Mm. And they don't have to, I'm not asking for anyone's support, right? Like that's the last thing I'm looking for. But the point being is um, I've connected with people over something that I love. And that's the same thing with anyone in endorphins. Like we all love to push ourselves. We all love to run or we all love to do hard things and we've all, become connected through that. And everyone does different things, but like one of the coolest things about endorphins is nobody knows what each other does for work, right? <laughs> right? Love that. Like same thing with your club. Do you know what anyone does, no, right? No. It doesn't matter yeah. because that doesn't define who you are. Like once you can get true connection with people, like you're in love with everyone that you're friends with, right? Like I have so much love for the people that I share the same interests with because we're doing hard things together and we're doing all these things. And then we get dinner together and it's like, oh my God, like we're actually friends. It's true friendship, it's cool.
1: Yeah. True friendship, it seems like, is built when you choose the activity, when you choose the place, when you choose instead of it being chosen or given to yeah. you. you. Like, and I love my high school friends, my college friends, but a lot of it feels like it was given to me. Yes, exactly. And, and that creates a more surface level relationship than one where we're both choosing something together. I yes. choose podcasting. I choose running. I choose you know the things that I do in my life, and so because of that, I choose Austin. And when you choose those things, it leads you to for other people. Who that choose them as well, to create stronger bonds and connections.
0: I totally agree. Um, Yeah, I think proximity is like the death of true connection. Um, Proximity
1: is the death of true connection.
0: I think proximity, like as a connection point, isn't accurate. Like for example, I have friends that lived on my block in New York and I saw them because of proximity, not because of love. Mm. Right, and then they move away. Am I still talking to them every day? Mm. Who knows? Proximity is a death of true connection.
1: Cut that, clip that. (laughs) It's a good line. Um, And so, okay, now here's here's the next question, which is like, all right, we love the people who are doing the things that we're doing because we love doing those things. How do we love the people who are not doing the things that we're doing? How do we love our high school friends? How do we love our college friends?
0: How do we love... The people we don't even know. How do we love the Uber driver? Yeah, well, of course. Well, I don't think like all love stems from like shared interests, right? Yeah. Like, or it may, but like I have shared interests with other people because I love the Boston Celtics. Mm. And that's something I love. Yeah. Like I have shared interests with people because I went to the same high school and I can relate to them, right? Like there's a lot of different connection points. I just think like the reason why I have love for the people that I'm like super in love with are because we share the same things, right? And like that connection can be as hard or as soft as you want it to be. I don't like describing a connection as hard or soft, but you know what I mean? Like you can have a really strong connection with someone or you can have a medium connection with someone. Like there's no way to really quantify connection, right? Yeah. Um, Uh Uh-oh, Danny, you're closing your eyes. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) What are the ways in which your childhood has shaped endorphins? Oh man. Dude, the best moments of my life were on the like bus after a football win. Mm. And it has nothing to do with the game. It has nothing to do with the conduit of football. I was like hooting and hollering and we were throwing things and we were having the best time ever. And then we go in the locker room and turn the music on and dance and like have the best time ever. And when that got stripped for me. I felt that it got stripped for me, right? And I think like I'm deep, like endorphins deeply rooted in my childhood of team sports and camaraderie around a shared goal, right? Um, and I'm an only child, don't, don't do it to me. No, you can, you can. Um, I've also, for people listening, like I came into this podcast being like, oh no, Danny's gonna like really open me up today. Um, I'm an only child and I didn't have the outlet of connection with like siblings. So I found brotherhood with teams and like, again, that is so deeply connected to endorphins is people feel like they're brothers and sisters with each other. Like people love each other because of the shared connection and it's the same thing as a locker room when you're going to the away game and you're getting really excited for the basketball game that you're going to play against your rival high school, right? Like it's the same thing. So deeply connected to my childhood.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like you lacked uh, brotherhood in your
0: No, because I found it in other ways, like I played three basketball teams in the winter, like season, like I was, I played football, basketball, baseball, and I guess this can also speak to like endorphins the way it shaped. I was never the best player on the team. I was the captain of all three sports. Wow. Football, basketball, and uh, baseball my senior year of high school. Um, And I think it spoke to the leadership style of being like a person, like being the locker room guy, Mm. being the sixth man, being the guy on the bench, being like, all right, he just made a great play. Like, let's get excited, right? Um, And like, that's, I'm a cheerleader for everyone in endorphins, same thing. So it's that like leadership style of like being one of the people, not being like the best player, not being like everyone follow suit and do what I'm doing. Right. Like just celebrating. We're trying to build this like a culture of celebration. Coach Stowe, Rebecca Stowe, who's the global marathon coach for Nike, is also the head coach of endorphins. Crazy story how she's connected to endorphins, but she's like preaching, building a culture of celebration. Everyone should celebrate everyone. Let's celebrate all wins because running's an individual sport, but... It isn't at the same time because you can celebrate each other's wins, right? Like I'm over here, yo, we got Memphis this week, and how do we feel, baby? What's going on? Danny's running his first marathon. Let's go. Tell us about it. What's going on?
1: Well, no, I'm feeling great, but I I want to go into the celebration point.
0: Okay, okay, uh, okay, okay, which is just like,
1: how do we become better at that skill? Because I I it comes natural to you and me. Yeah, I feel, but. Totally. But there are people who, it doesn't come natural to, who are listening to this. How can someone be a better celebrator of other human
0: beings? Okay, there's the analogy of like half glass full or half glass empty, right? Like there's a win in everything. Hmm. And I think like going through hard things, ultra running, for example, I put my foot in front of the other, it's mile 49. Like I'm still moving. Like if you can hold on to the wins, like you can identify them. And that also is how connected you are to yourself. But like there's a win in everything. Someone might have a major F up in work. But they put themselves out there and they tried. Hey, you did great. You like went above your comfort zone and you tried something hard. Like this is how you, it could be corrected. But congrats on doing this, or maybe congrats, congrats wouldn't be the right word in that context. But you know what I mean. Like there's a there's a win in everything if you can see it. And I think it's like being aware of those wins, opening yourself up to the possibility of winning. Yeah, I think there's for a, everyone, there's a there's a win in every action. Yeah. You got out of bed today. <laughs> Yes. Like, oh man, like I had back surgery. I'm feeling down on myself, but I got out of bed and like I did my PT.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. There's a way that you could be so down on yourself, but if you can hold on to the wins and anything in life, it could be running or work or relationships or connections. Like if you can hold on to the positives, like what could go wrong?
1: Do you have a, a story of winning or connection that stands out from all your time running endorphins where you're like, I... And like the seventeen miles to the twenty six miles was a great one, but I'm curious if there are any others that really speak to the power of winning and, and connection.
0: I have so many. Um, other, these aren't my stories, my my Story. stories to share. Yeah. But what I can say is like we brought people into our orbit that have then inspired people to do things that they didn't think they could ever do. Yeah, or they've become inspirations because of the platform that they've built alongside of endorphins. Um, to the extent of people with like. I don't think I've been through crazy hardship and, you know, it's not fair to relate to anyone, but like people out there have gone through way harder things personally, uh, like way harder things than I think I've ever had to like endure. Like those people are then inspired by individuals within endorphins and like being indirectly associated with that impact is like. Whoa! Like I'm—I have the chills. Like I'm truly shook right now thinking about it, and like I've cried, broken down with people. It's like really, really crazy. Some of the impact that's been direct and indirect of endorphins, and they're not my sources sure.
1: What's one moment you could share from crying? That—that um, um, is that forced you yeah. to cry, and we could cut it. No, no,
0: no, no, no. We're good. We're good. Um when you can make an impact on people and this speaks to like the run club that you have, like being able to see people connecting, um, it's really, really powerful. And then when you can see someone that never thought that they could move their body again, like then running 26.2 miles and traveling three hours to meet with like people like really, really crazy things that don't make any sense that like, if I were to say it wouldn't make any sense, but like we've elevated people endorphins that then they come to an endorphins run and someone will come to the endorphins run because they know that this person will be there and break down. Like, like you got to go off to the side and like unpack what's going on there and like no one else should see it because for those two people to share that experience, it's really, really, really crazy. I don't know, Vicky, do you have those things in your head? Do you know any of the things I'm referencing? It's crazy. It's crazy.
1: It, It very much feels like you have to be there to experience it.
0: We say it all the time, say it all the time. It's one of those things like you have to be there to experience it. That's why like same thing with being in person with people to be genuine, like I don't try and ask anyone to come because they'll they won't understand or like I have friends that come and they won't match the vibe, right? Right. You have to be there for the right reason to understand it. And then when you do, it's like, oh my God, what the hell's happening here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tapping into
0: something greater. Yeah. Um I wish I could share some of those stories, but you have to invite those guests onto the pod. <laughs>
1: understood. You gave me about
0: five or six. <laughs> right? I have I mean there's so many people.
1: Um, what's next? What's next for endorphins? Where are we going? I mean, the fact that you've gone to this far in just one year is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. um, I don't think it's a what's next. I think it's what's happening right now. Um, You said it yourself again. Wow, Danny, come on, man. You said you got to be more present with what's going on. Like, I think for us, like we grew really fast and now it's like really making sure what we have is working. And I think it is, but like stabilizing. Like I talked to all of our ambassadors. We have 25 leaders across the country that represent endorphins um, in their own right in their cities, like making sure that they're stable and making sure that they feel true connection to what we're doing and the mission of what we're doing because without them, this does not work. Like I referenced we're hosting three runs tonight in DC, Philly, and also we hosted one this morning in Austin. And like without the leaders of the organization, like it would not work. So like really doing almost like an end of year reflection of what went down over the past year, like, oh my God, what just happened? It's moving so fast and then making sure that everyone's so aligned um, and then bring more people into our team that understand the mission. Like we move so fast. Now we're at a point where we've built community in nine different cities, um, eight. And we just launched LA the other day. And I can't wait to look back in this in a year and be like, we just went, right. Um, It's now making sure those those cities can thrive.
1: Well, what are the questions you're going to be asking yourself at the end of your reflections?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, they're as simple as, so we're doing this in a lot of different ways. Like I'm thinking, um, in two different ways, like one locally and then one, like more macro. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think those are also questions that we ask everyone in endorphins. So, like, right now, all of our um, leaders within their cities are doing community votes. We, everything that we do in endorphins, by the way, for anyone listening, is community-led, meaning we ask questions via Google Form, mm-hmm. we get responses, and then we try and implement them. It's, like, that simple. And then we built out this process, like, midway through, like, the past year of, like, okay, every city's different. We need to have city votes. Let's send out a Google Form about what's going on in your city. Like, all of the cities now are going to be sending out votes in the next month saying, like, hey, does this time still work for you? Does this location still work for you? Like, do you want to be doing long runs? Do you want to be doing speed workouts? Do you want, like, just, like, tactical questions about, like, um, what, how can we best support what's going on in your local city? Same thing with the global endorphins. We like to say global because it's like out. It's like beyond just America. It's mm-hmm. crazy, and we can speak to that too. But like same level questions like, is what we're doing impacting you at the race weekends? Is this like, is Monday morning still the best thing for you in all the cities? Like, um, can we, like, what else should we be doing that we're not thinking of? Like, we're building a training program right now. Like, what, what do you want to see out of the coaching platform that we're building that can support you and your performance goals? Like, what are other ways that we people want to connect? Like, do you want to use what, like, is Circle still working? Like, operational questions. And then I think on the city lead side, all of our ambassadors, it's like making sure that everyone's still connected to what we're doing and making sure that they feel like they're empowered to do what they're doing every single day and that they still feel like they're seen and heard. Because at the end of the day, it's a people thing, right? We talked about HR. We talked about, like, managing people. Like, if we have 50 ambassadors by the end of next year, which I think is... I mean, we grew to 25 this year. Why not have 50 next year, right? Like it's a trajectory. Um, can we sustain that growth? Can we make sure that the leaders within our group, just like the diagram that we're going to paint on this picture right now on the, on the screen right now, make sure that we ha- still have those connections within our, um, the cities, the same connections between our leaders of the cities. And then can they educate each other? Mm. For example, we're at the conference yesterday the running event which is a huge running conference um, meeting with all the brands we had this like fire drill where uh, our app sent a message to a thousand people and then I started getting one-on-one messages from everyone still like digging through them and one of our leaders had a question about a tactical local thing that was going on in their city they wanted to set out a, a Google form about something that was going on and I said can anyone peer review this like how can we be- make it a norm between all of our city leads where they feel comfortable to educate each other so that way it can go on without like me being able to be present with them at all times and I think that's how it's getting to 50 or hundred cities. Right. So that's what we're thinking through. That's what's next. Yeah. Stability. I
1: appreciate that. What about Tyler himself? What are the questions you yourself are asking yourself going into?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm definitely doing reflection of like constantly like on personal happiness and then like brand happiness. And like, I really do think that I in the past six, seven months have not given to myself the way I should have. Um, this is something Matt and I have talked about. This is something that me and my family have talked about. See some of my friends that are in this like crater space or running space. have talked about some of my closest friends, like I had back surgery <laughs> and I let myself have to get to that point. Whereas like, it was an injury that I think I probably didn't need to endure surgery to like, um, overcome. And I think that I've been in a place where I've been giving, 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 and it's been, um, energy uh, depletion. It hasn't been energy, like re- reception. And we talk We energy and we're always talking about it, but, um, I don't think I've given myself the TLC that I need for my personal, because I've been so focused on others, um, and making sure that this ecosystem thrives. And I think like, for me, I'm thinking about how I can make sure that I have peace of mind for myself, because like, as I give more to endorphins, I give less to myself. And I don't feel nearly as connected uh, like mind, body, soul as I did before endorphins started. And I think that we will lose our true integrity and like gen, gen. authenticity. Authenticity. Um, if I personally am not as deeply connected to the mission of what we're doing. So like, I need to make sure that I get like a vacation. I need to go away and like, I need to like get back into my meditation practice. I need to like get back into like eating healthy and eventually get back to running soon, which would be great and like focusing on myself because without myself, while I know it will still go on, like I still need to be there to be giving to other people too. So that's what I'm focused on personally.
1: Yeah, it's really cool to hear about someone who um, is succeeding, but also at the same time is struggling. You know, I, I don't I don't know if that is often talked about or heard and I appreciate the vulnerability um, or the sharing because it's the truth.
0: Yeah, I don't know if struggling is the right word, but like struggle, you could call it a struggle. It's, it's definitely an internal dilemma for myself of like, okay, today we have so many things going on that I know are gonna make endorphins so much better, but like, where's my PT today? Mm. Didn't do it. Gotcha. Right? Uh, so there's a lot of things. So it, it is a struggle. It's an internal struggle for sure, but I'm hoping that um, we can do an end of year reflection and get back on track. And I think that goes with my health and I haven't given my time to that. So hopefully next year I'll be able to give more time to that.
1: Well, why didn't you do the PT today?
0: There you go. I could have and like, if I prioritized it and you know, this is another thing that I've been talking to some of my closest people is like, it's my top priority to be healthy, but I haven't been prioritizing it because I've been putting other people before myself. I've been like, and there's so many instances where you, there's no point. Like, I've been putting other people before myself. And that's um, because I think that this is my legacy and my personal calling. Like, I truly think that endorphins is going to transcend myself. It has already. And, like, in, a, in 10 years, like, maybe when you ask what's next, like, in the long term, I would love to be able to fade away and have endorphins still exist. Like that's the true goal of legacy. And maybe that's my internal ego. Like I try and I really try to remove my ego from what we're doing. Like I don't even call myself the founder of endorphins. Like I call myself the organizer. Like I'm really mindful about that. Like it's a community. It's not like a business, right? Um, So yeah, how can I move, remove myself completely? Um, And I think right now I have to give everything I have so that way I can slowly fade away. I see this as like Wikipedia for running. How's that for an analogy?
1: Okay, tell me more.
0: It's self-sufficient, right? It's community-led, right? Like all the posts are submitted by the users. Like all the runs can be, like, I felt that at the Chicago marathon when I was injured and I wasn't there. Oh my God, right? Like this is happening, I don't have to be there. Like how can I build this ecosystem so that it self-sustains? How can we have all the leaders making sure that they're educating each other? Like how can we have a process that's, maybe this is web three, decentralization, right? <laughs> like it's like making it so that it's a community that runs itself, it's truly community-led.
1: Have you studied Jimmy Wales at all?
0: No, but I need to.
1: Yeah, the founder of Wikipedia. I'll send you a
0: podcast with him. Oh yeah, I need to. I need to. And and like he's you the, spoke to him. No, when I, you, is he so alive? If he is, I, he, I think he is. Jimmy, if you're watching this, this is your seat next, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: dude, this has been such a fun. Like, I'm so grateful for you.
0: I'm grateful for you
1: too. I love like, you, buddy. I yeah, I really do. I love you too, man. You're you're an incredible soul, and I I feel that there's like even a, another, another level to the love that you will spread uh, when you start giving it to yourself first.
0: Amen. Amen. And I think that's the basis of where this started. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I'm super, super conscious of making sure that my personal integrity is matched with the brand's integrity. Because if it doesn't, then like you said, like a it won't have as big of an impact. so
1: It has to scale from you first and then ripple to the rest.
0: Yeah, and I think like we're still very closely aligned, but like I'm super mindful of, okay, as I struggle more, like is that going to be felt by other people? Mm -hmm. Who knows?
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you for coming on, sharing your story and sharing everything you're about. I like to end these podcasts with challenges. Challenge points to the place in your heart. You think someone should take this conversation and actually do something with it in their day-to-day life.
0: Yeah, if there's something speaking to you inside, do it listen to your soul, listen to your heart. Like for me, I was struggling at a different point in my time about, um, my love and where I was putting my energy. And like, I really encourage people to try and think about what's, what they really love to do and like, listen to their heart about what they love to do. And then invest more energy into that because society tells you, you should invest your energy into things that don't make you happy. Like find the point of happiness for yourself and then invest your energy into it. And then maybe it'll turn into something more. Um, people said they love to do things, do it. Right? That's what I challenge all of you listening to do.
1: Love that. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where I want to give we... you a hug right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where should we send people to connect with you further?
0: Um, endorphins. Um, we have an Instagram, it's endorphins running. If you Google it, you'll find it. Um, and if you want to follow my personal, it's SportsCenter, not to be confused with SportsCenter.
1: <laughs> I feel like you said that before. Yes. All linked down below. Thank yeah. you so much. Tyler. Love you, Appreciate buddy. You. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah.